0: so welcome it's great to be having this guest on um and do check us out every week every wednesday we'll be releasing new episodes of women just everyday women just like me and you um hearing their stories hearing their journey and just having real real conversations so please check us out every week uh from 8 p.m on wednesday uh for women working well uh real talk Let's get straight into it and introduce our first guest. Hi everybody and welcome to Women Working Well, Real Talk with your host, Atim Henshaw. This is our ninth episode, people. Uh, I do have an amazing guest that's joining us uh, today. Her name is Sharon. Hello, Sharon, how are you? Hi, Atim, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's so great to have you on the show. Um, You are our ninth guest. (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) pleasure
0: yeah it's so great to have you here so i'm kicking off with all the the same question i'm asking all my lovely ladies who are joining me is how many hats are you wearing oh
1: several i think i think even if we're only wearing one hat we're still wearing multiple layers of that hat Mm. so i'm a a history teacher by profession i'm head of history at a girls school in northwest london i'm a mum um, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I am a Londoner, I'm a Ghanaian. I am just me, really, I'm a part-time student.
0: Oh. <laughs> That's nine. Yeah. Nine grand ninth guest, oh fantastic. So how would you navigate through all those hats that you wear? Um, I think for me, it's literally just
1: taking it each day as it comes. I think if I think about all of the things that I have to do, too much it's overwhelming so what I've tried to do is try to think of every day as a new start every day as a new beginning every day having its own troubles for the day and just thinking about each day and just trying to prioritize what is important for each day and not being too overwhelmed with what I don't get done in the day And actually just thinking about how much I actually do get done in a day.
0: Mm, Great, great top tips. So I'm sure our listeners are dying to find out all about Sharon. So please, Sharon, tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, how long you've been doing it, and what are some of the things that you love about what you do?
1: Okay, so I am a teacher. I'm a history teacher. I've been teaching for 11 years now, and I've been a curriculum leader for about five or six years now. And I love my job. I love being a teacher. (laughs) And everyone I ever tells that, they always think, you love being a teacher. I'd hate to be a teacher. And I'm like, that's great because we only want people who love to be teachers. (laughs) Exactly. I, I genuinely love my job. I love working with young people. I think they're the most inspiring, funny, insightful, intelligent people that you could ever work with as a group. Um, I love history. It's always been my passion from very early on in school. Like That was the one subject I just connected with. I just felt like so at home in the history classroom. I think history is a gateway to the past, the present and the future. I think it's so important to have historical literacy, and I just love that intersection of history and young people that I get to experience every single day in my job. And I just love that. So,
0: yeah. And it definitely shows. I mean, you're the first person that I, or the first teacher that I know who have spoke about history with such passion. So it's really, really good to, to, to hear that. So thank you for being, for teaching our students all about history. And I'm wondering, are you also involved in the ter- or deciding? Uh, what sort of history you do teach your young people I know there was a bit of debates in the media recently about our forgotten history so I'm not sure if you can speak to that a bit more
1: yeah that's definitely something I'm passionate about as a history teacher in particular as a black history teacher as a black woman history teacher I think the histories that our young people engage with literally shape and define how they see the world how they see themselves and how they interact with Other people, and I think you know, I've said, I don't think there is a more important subject for young people to learn. Um, As a curriculum leader, I do have a lot of agency when it comes to deciding what young people learn in the curriculum, and I think a lot of teachers actually do. There is a national curriculum, but the national curriculum is quite loosely defined, there is actually a lot of scope and a lot of. A lot of ways in which teachers can teach the types of histories that kind of do justice to the discipline of history that actually speak to multiple voices that is more global than maybe just Eurocentric that kind of explores you know black histories you know which in itself might be a bit of a problematic term because I think black history is history it's part of all histories it's not just black history but you know that's the term we kind of work with and I think yeah I've over the years really been passionate about bringing histories to the classroom that are maybe lesser known histories that I think will create a critical consciousness in young people histories that I think help young people understand why the world is the way it is today um, and not shying away from those kind of controversial so-called controversial histories um in the classroom I think that is the forum where you 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 should be learning about these difficult topics like race um you know that's where you should be learning it in the in the in the comfort and the safety and the the provision of the classroom
0: and how do you just decide what is you know decide between the many different historical topics to teach our young people is there is a you know how is that determined in schools
1: Um, I think every school is different. For me in our department, we sat down and talked about it as professionals. You know, we've trained as history teachers. We've studied history at degree level. We've got an understanding of the global past and the global human story. And we thought about who we are as a department, who we are in our local community. So I think every school's history curriculum should be bespoke and be quite unique. So our history curriculum is specifically for our students in our school. But that's not to say there aren't histories that I think are a common thread, especially in Britain. You know, the history of empire, the history of migration. Every student should be learning about sort of these big stories that kind of connect us all together. But I think we just thought about, you know, what is the purpose of a history education? Is it to learn about Henry VIII's wives? Is it to just know... You know to be able to rattle off dates mind <laughs> for us history education is not about knowing things about the past it's about understanding how the past connects the present and where that could take us in the future and i think it's it's it's, it's meaningful it's it's transformative and so we thought well what are the things that young people need to have an understanding of in order to navigate the present and the past in a meaningful way and the possibilities are endless you know the past is huge but you've got to have a selection and obviously there are like sort of seminal moments in human history that most people in school will have studied but there are also local histories there are also histories that might connect to um, our students as young women so yeah we've just thought about our students and thought about what we want them to know and the young people we want them to grow up to be
0: mm. just hearing you speak it's getting me even more excited about history and it's so funny because history was never one of my favorite subjects but hearing you speak it's now making me think hmm, maybe I need to go and explore and read a bit of history so this is really great to hear just your passion for the subject and I think that's really it really really does shine through so please do take us back a bit uh this is where we're now present day 2021 uh, take us back to where the journey began. You know, after leaving school, uh, what was the journey like for you to becoming uh, to, for you becoming a teacher?
1: Um, so I'd say my journey began. I'm going to take it back when I was in the history club. I got a new history teacher. I think when I was in year ten, doing my GCSEs, and that just changed my view of history completely. He was an amazing teacher. We got to learn, you know, the types of histories that. We're still talking about today that young people should be learning. So we did look at that history. We looked at the history of Africa and it's where I just saw myself. It just helped me understand who I was as a human being, being in that classroom. And it, it helped me become more confident. It helped me become more articulate. It helped me become just excited about school and about learning and about knowledge. And so I've always, I think that's kind of like the genesis of it all is just really finding myself in the history classroom. So I picked it as an A-level topic, of course, because that was the, you know, that was the thing to do. I did really well at A-level history. I loved my A-level history course. We, you know, got to do incredible things looking back. We went on a school trip to Atlanta, you know, to do historical research and the, Martin Luther King Centre you know looking at primary documents just understanding like the historical process and the kind of doing it in an authentic way and learning meaningful histories that I can connect with and identify with that was a really powerful experience and then I went on to study history at university I went to Sussex University in Brighton I really enjoyed um my degree course there. Um, I studied abroad as part of that. I went back to Atlanta um, to study abroad for a year at Spelman College, which is HBCU, a historically black college. There was all female, predominantly black, and just another really rich learning experience, especially for history. It was literally steeped in black history. Um, so that was you know, incredible. And I'm so grateful that I got to do that at such a young age um came back to the uk and then finished my final year and got a degree in history then i was like oh okay what now i've got a degree in history what does that mean and i think for me i've never really had like a set career in mind like i didn't really want to be a lawyer i didn't really want to you know i didn't have that career focus i just knew i loved history and i enjoyed studying it so after graduating, you know, you apply for a graduate job, I did that, got a job in the city and for me it just wasn't, it just didn't fit, you know, it was comfortable, You know, it was very flexible, we had great working hours, we could work from home, we were relatively well paid for what we were doing, which, you know, looking back now was not very much. Um, <laughs> and- but I just didn't enjoy it I thought it just it was soulless to me it just didn't really speak to who I wanted to be as a person so I thought okay what do I love what do I enjoy doing I was tutoring at the time working in a sort of children's centre tutoring young people I was like, okay I really like this I really like working with young people and I know I love history so what can I do with that I can teach um, so after a few years, I thought, okay, I'm going to apply for a teacher training course, a PGCE. I only applied for one course, and I thought, okay, if I get it, then it's meant to be. That's the journey, and I did. I, I I applied. I did the course. I loved it. It was probably the most difficult thing that I've ever done. Like a teacher training degree is not for the faint-hearted, <laughs> but it was just like really good preparation for the future as a a history teacher. So I I qualified, um, I started teaching in an all boys school actually in West London to start off with. And that was really good because teaching boys and teaching girls is a completely different experience but I'm really glad that I've got, had that contrast of both experiences. Um, What would you say
0: is different about boys and girls in terms
1: of teaching? I think the relationships you have in the classroom with all students is crucial. And I found it was a lot easier for me at that time to make positive sort of relationships with boys in the classroom really easily. I think the boys were a lot more easygoing. (laughs) It was what it was, like it was on a very like basic level. They were just really laid back and it wasn't so much of a struggle to get to know them and build a positive classroom environment. Whereas with girls, it takes time to kind of establish that trust, that authenticity that you kind of need in the classroom to kind of build that. But now that I've worked with, you know, my school for a couple of years, five years, six years, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love the students there. I love just the energy of young women. Like it's, it's yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's brilliant.
0: Oh, nice. Thanks for sharing that. So it, it would almost seem as if your career has actually been mapped out. You started with your passion of history and literally just kind of followed that. And I know you did say you had a bit of a stint in the in the city. But how, and how, how many years or how long were you it working was, in the it was city? Two years. Two years. Okay. Yeah. And then you went back straight to your passion and, and here you are. So what would you say to uh, somebody who is just starting their career They know what they're passionate about, but still haven't got a clue as to what they do or how they would get into, you know, particularly into um, teaching and all that teaching brings. Uh, What would you say to them?
1: I would say always follow your passion. Your passion is your purpose. And when you're doing what you're designed to do, then every day is just it's not even like I don't feel like I'm going to work when I go Mm. to work part of who I am. I'm going to school I don't even say I'm going to work I say I'm going to school because that's what I'm doing like that's who I am I go to school um, and I think a a career can't be a job you know like in teaching we say teaching is a vocation it's not something that you 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 clock in at nine and you clock out at five and you forget all about it until the next day no it, it lives in you Mm-hmm. And you live it's 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 intricately connected to who you are and what your your purpose and your 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 kind of mission is in life. So I think if you follow your passion, like everybody has a unique passion, purpose, and no one else can do what you've been assigned to do in life. You know everyone has their own unique you know thing. And so I think if you follow that, then you'll always have a you know it doesn't mean that your your career might not be difficult and there won't be challenges along the way because yeah of course i have those but it does mean that you will have a sense of fulfillment that is priceless
0: ultimately totally agree totally agree um so what would you say uh, i guess fast forward a few years from now 10 30 50 years what, what would you say the end goal is for you what would you have would have liked to have achieved um in say 20 30 years time well like I said I kind of always like look at one day at a time <laughs>
1: 20 30 years like even the fact that I said I've been teaching for more than 10 years like blows my mind because in my mind it's still like day one kind of thing like it's still very early there's still so much um to do but I think just what I'd like to do it's almost like you know like the thing about teaching is everybody remembers their teacher everybody knows their maths teacher their english teacher their history teacher and 20 years on you still remember them you still remember their name they remember what their lessons were like you remember what they wrote in your book that you remember and i think for me i want young people to have a positive experience of being in my classroom i want them to look at that experience as something that was just a positive element in their life in terms of like the history curriculum I want to do as much as I can to kind of empower students through the history curriculum empower them as you know individuals empower them as communities empower them just as a generation who use knowledge to advance the world ultimately Mm. Um, and just sort of being an advocate for diverse histories for black history for Um, marginalized voices and to kind of change what we kind of consider to be an acceptable history um, education. I don't think it's acceptable for young people in 21st century Britain to not really have a true appreciation of who Britain as the nation is and how Britain has come to be the nation that it is and I don't think that all has to be a negative story but we can't hide the truths of history. And I think if anything, history is like the ultimate subject for building critically conscious and active citizens. I think you can't appreciate and love a nation without really knowing its true self. Mm. Uh, so
0: yeah. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what would you say some of the lessons have been along the way? Um, and then what and also some of the challenges that you've had along the way
1: I think the lesson every day is a lesson that's what I love about school is you're teaching a lesson but it's teaching you too every Mm. experience in the classroom is teaching you something too and I think the first lesson is to listen to the lesson that is being taught to you every day um and kind of yeah ingesting that and and reflecting on that and And really seeing that as the value in the day. It's not just what you're going to give to young people. It's also what young people are giving to you and what young people are kind of saying to you and teaching you as well. And so, yeah, listening, understanding the power of like reciprocal learning and that learning is a reciprocal process. Um, The challenges, I think, as a black woman advocating to teach black history and being comfortable in that space that has been a very challenging journey for me but one that I think I'm really stepping into now and really finding that that is also connected with my purpose and what I can um, bring to history education as you know my unique perspective and that's been difficult that's been difficult to not want to be the you know the the outspoken black woman who's always talking about this thing but that's who I am and that's what I need to talk about like that's what my voice is for um and just kind of navigating that I think we, it's almost like since 2020 we're living in a completely different world when it comes to talking about race mm. but you know my career talking about race was who's talking about race like to non-black colleagues comfortably, you know, like that's that's not something that I ever thought would even be, you know, part of normality. You know, that is how we found
0: th- those conversations and and I'll, I'll also add how we found those conversations with your pupils that you teach because obviously we are definitely in a climate where everybody's very, very race conscious. So yeah. I, I'm I'm curious as to how some some of those conversations been.
1: I think for me, like the classroom has always been the safe space where we could have conversations about race, about injustice, about violence, about brutality and so i've always been really comfortable with talking about those issues with young people in the context of learning because you know if that's that's almost like permitted almost still very con- still not what a lot of teachers might be comfortable with doing but it was stepping outside of the classroom and looking up and looking at the school structure and, th- and talking about race with you know like my head teacher or talking about race with other teachers who kind of started asking me questions about about race and the curriculum and what that looks like and just being involved in trying to kind of push that question of you know the curriculum and the purpose of the curriculum and the voices that the curriculum um kind of elevates and the conversations we want to have with young people through the curriculum with teachers that are not necessarily history colleagues history and teachers that are Not necessarily, you know, people that I might consider um, friends, you know, but just having those broader conversations have been really empowering, but also kind of sobering as well to kind of understand that we are here because of the lack of racial literacy that a lot of people have, black and white, and and the impact that that's had on and empowering us as a profession, Mm. as a people, and as a nation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um so thinking back to some of the hats that you shared with us at the beginning of this session, um, what would you say are some of the things that just keep you motivated, keep you going, just keep you fed and fueled and happy? Uh what would you say some of those things are? Um I think obviously
1: like having a family
0: that keeps you just
1: really grounded in just like the joy of everyday things. So be just like reading you know i might go from reading you know a really academic text in school with my students and then come home and read um the hospital dog with my three-year-old and just like appreciating the joy in both things and the simplicity of things um so yeah having my daughter and knowing that she's going to go through the education system that really motivates me to kind of contribute to creating a type of system that I want her to experience as a young person so that's definitely um, a motivating factor um I think as a teacher my motivation is always the students I'm constantly inspired by young people constantly amazed by just their brilliance that always that always helps I think there are a community of like-minded um teachers who like that's my like teacher tribe my professional tribe and personal tribe that without them I wouldn't feel as secure um to kind of be who I am as a teacher and they, they were constantly just speaking into each other feeding each other and just motivating and just you know being there for each other that definitely helps and just like i love books i love reading i could just spend forever reading and they've just been like key thinkers who have almost like just i feel like directly poured into who i am and i feel like i'm like the sum total of everything that i've read so mm-hmm. i think there's but how
0: do you find time to read all the nine hats that you're wearing sharon you no know, i mean, that is,
1: <laughs> what i have a mum definitely in teaching is that every second counts and every second can be valuable. So people think like reading a book, you have to sit and read all of it. No, if you read one page in like five minutes, fine, then you come back to it. Like, and I'm just so used to just like dipping in and out of things, <laughs> dipping in, well, you know, you finish something, or audiobooks are a godsend. Like, yeah. I'm always audiobooks for my journeys to work. Um, if i'm like cooking if i'm doing laundry just pop in an audiobook um to that and also just just make the time like i there's things that i don't do because i prefer to read like i don't really watch programs unless it's like something really you know that i have to watch which isn't really much i don't really watch tv i don't really um i don't really like films so i don't really watch movies i just like reading so i do that (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice and last question for me uh what would you like your legacy to be
1: um just as someone who lived their purpose whatever and I think your purpose evolves and grows and changes but you're kind of the core of what your purpose is it stays the same but however many evolutions that that my purpose goes through I just want to be true to that
0: I guess could you speak a bit more about that particularly for those who um may not know a lot about purpose and what this whole area of purpose means what what would you in its simplest term describe just purpose and this quest for you to live a life on purpose I think purpose is what you
1: are uniquely equipped to do in life and because you are uniquely equipped to do that if you don't do that that leaves a void in the world and if you don't do that it leaves a void in you so i think purpose is stepping into almost like your responsibility of what you're supposed to share with the world because you are uniquely positioned to do that thing
0: nicely said like a pro like a pro teacher of course thank you so much sharon it's been great to speak with you i feel like you've really just kind of just dropped some nuggets. And I think what you've also done in doing that is that you've really uh, rekindled this passion for the whole education sector, the whole passion of, you know, we all, we love teachers, but specifically about history, like, you know, one of those subjects like, how oh, yeah, its history. But just hearing you today, it's really, really sparks an enthusiasm and uh, want to know more about diving into our history. So thank you for really sharing that passion and your journey with us thank you for having me it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you great and for those who would like to get in touch with us please do reach out to us we're currently on Instagram and Facebook our Instagram handle is at www.realtalk and our Facebook handle is women working well uh, so do search us um, we would love to hear from you do comment like share share again to your networks um, we would do want to hear from you So until next time, this is your host, Attin Henshaw, and we're signing out from Women Working Well. Have a great rest of the week. Take care.